alive and the family well off, so I was really a spoilt child. That year, it was our family's turn to take charge of a big ancestral sacrifice, which came round only once in thirty years, and hence was an important one. In the first month, the ancestral images were presented and offerings made, and since the sacrificial vessels were very fine and there was such a crowd of worshippers, it was necessary to guard against theft. Our family had only one part-time servant. In our district, we divide servants into three classes. Those who work all the year for one family are called full-timers. Those who are hired by the day are called dailies. And those who farm their own land and only work for one family at New Year, during festivals or when rents are being collected, are called part-timers. And since there was so much to be done, he told my father that he would send for his son Runtu to look after the sacrificial vessels. When my father gave his consent, I was overjoyed, because I had long since heard of Runtu, and knew that he was about my own age, born in the intercalary months. The Chinese lunar calendar reckons 360 days to a year, and each month comprises 29 or 30 days, never 31. So, every few years, a thirteenth or intercalary month is inserted in the calendar. When his horoscope was told, it was found that of the five elements, that of earth was lacking. So his father called him Runtu, which means intercalary earth. He could set traps and catch small birds. I looked forward every day to New Year, for New Year would bring Runtu. At last... The end of the year came, and one day Mother told me that Runtu had come, and I flew to see him. He was standing in the kitchen. He had a round, crimson face, and wore a small felt cap on his head, and a gleaming silver necklet on his neck, showing that his father doted on him, and, fearing he might die, had made a pledge with the gods and Buddhas, using the necklet as a talisman. He was very shy, and I was the only person he was not afraid of. When there was no one else there, he would talk with me, so in a few hours we were fast friends. I don't know what we talked of then, but I remember that Runtu was in high spirits, saying that since he'd come to town he had seen many new things. The next day I wanted him to catch birds. Can't be done, he said. It's only possible after a heavy snowfall. On our sands, after it snows, I sweep clear a patch of ground, prop up a big threshing basket with a short stick, and scatter husks of grain beneath. Then, when I see the birds coming to eat, from a distance I give a tug to the string tied to the stick, and the birds are caught in the basket. There are all kinds—wild pheasants, woodcocks, woodpigeons, blue backs. Accordingly, I looked forward very eagerly to snow. Just now it is too cold— said Runtu another time. But you must come to our place in summer. In the daytime we will go to the seashore to look for shells. There are green ones and red ones, besides scare-devil shells and Buddha's hands. In the evening, when Dad and I go to see the watermelons, you shall come too. Is it to look out for thieves? I asked. No. If passers-by are thirsty and pick a watermelon, folk down our way don't consider it as stealing. What we have to look out for are badgers, hedgehogs, and jar. When you hear a crunching sound under the moonlight made by the jar biting the melons, then you take your pitchfork and creep stealthily over. 
I had no idea then what this thing called jar was, and I'm not much clearer now for that matter, but somehow I felt it was something like a small dog, and very fierce. Don't they bite people? You have a pitchfork. You go across, and when you see it, you strike. It's a very cunning creature, and will rush towards you and get away between your legs. Its fur is as slippery as oil. I had never known that all these strange things existed. At the seashore were shells all the colours of the rainbow. Watermelons had such a dangerous history. Yet all I'd known of them before was that they were sold in the greengrocers. On our shore, when the tide comes in, there are lots of jumping fish, each with two legs, like a frog. Runtu's mind was a treasure house of such strange lore, all of it outside the ken of my former friends. They were ignorant of all these things, and while Runtu lived by the sea, they, like me, could see only the four corners of the sky above the high courtyard wall. Unfortunately, a month after...